Well, good morning and welcome to a podcast from Grow Hayes. Uh, this is Chris Munch. And uh, as I always say, the ever infamous Doug Williams, the executive director. And today we are joined by Sean Musel, uh, the Paisley Pear. Yes, sir. And and I guess my, uh, you know, I don't know your story very well, but uh, Doug kind of filled me in on it a little bit, a little more about your background. And I, I think I'm just going to start this off with a question. Are you a stable man? Uh, I think so. You think so? <laughs> I mean, anybody that uh, quits a corporate job to start their own, you know, work in their own business and, and is a, uh, then runs for a city commission mm-hmm. position, I... I I, I think there's some gray in there. There is some gray. There is some gray. So, 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 <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's where we're headed. <laughs> I like. It. Who are you? What's your background? And what what leads us to doing what you're doing today? So originally, I'm from out by Edson, Kansas, close to Goodland. I always say Goodland because nobody knows the small town of Edson. It's a big city. Yeah. Um, grew up a uh, basically a son of a farmer, you know, and kind of I know the. Uh, you know, uh, you know, get up early, get to work, and you work till it's done. And I guess that's kind of how I live my life. And uh, I, I was working for Gibson's Discount Center in uh, Goodland as an assistant manager right out of high school. Uh, I decided to take the hard route and not go to college, kind of oh. went the work route, and got transferred to Scott City. And I was dating this girl in Goodland, and we'd kind of been dating a few years. And she was going to getting ready to go to Fort Hayes next year. And so I got a job with Coca-Cola, and uh Started from the bottom up, got into management, and, uh, you know, we uh, actually getting ready. To, we got married that summer after she started school here, and uh, twenty almost 25 years next week, uh, we're still here in Hayes, Kansas, and uh, a lot of changes, and if it wouldn't been for my wife agreeing to most of the changes, uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at, so. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, um, you know, you've spent, so you spent quite a few years then in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. What, what's that, what's that like? <laughs> good and bad yeah. um honestly I, I feel like i learned all my business sense from coca-cola mm-hmm. um you know you got to be aggressive you got to promote you got to be out there all the time um when i first started it was all about customer service all about customer service and and that even my gibson's background and the business continued to grow as that and in my eyes and probably the last five to ten years and it's just corporate. They it wasn't really about the customers. It was about us hitting our numbers, which I understand that as a small business owner, I get that. And it just got to the point where I was becoming one of those guys that I was the grumpy person. I you know, and you didn't want to be around me. And I like it's time to leave. And I'd always wanted to own my own business. I kind of always wanted to be in a place where I could have customer service. I really didn't know what it was. And Jaws and Brungar, I was interviewed by some magazine from Fort Hayes. Some students had started. It was a really neat little magazine. Every I think they did it once a month. And I and they asked me what kind of business. And I said, well, I'd kind of like a place like the Paisley Pair. And so she actually read that and said, hey, would you like to buy me out? And I was like, uh, uh, maybe. <laughs> so, and, uh, yeah, the rest is history, I guess. So, so where, where along that journey with Coca-Cola did you, you say, 10 years in or whatever, uh, where, where along there were you driving along and just said, man, I, I, I just, I really, or did you always have a drive to own your own business? I always had a drive. My wife knew that early on. I always wanted to own my own business. And I think that goes back to being a, a farmer. You know, you, you do stuff, you, you, you plant stuff, you watch it grow, you sell it, and you just, you get the pure enjoyment out of that. And, uh, you know, I was a salesman for Coca-Cola for 10 plus years, and then they did a reorg, and then I ended up being in charge of distribution for 10 plus years. And I just, 
you're more right around people and people drive me. I mean, I'm one of those crazy people. That I actually like people most of the time. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that, I just kind of like, it was time to go. And I'll be honest, I got tired of going to work at four 30 in the morning. Also, I, I don't miss those. Now I, now I work till 11 PM on the weekends and that seems to be way late for me anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what's that? Uh, you know, number one, no college degree. Mm-hmm. What, what, I mean, we're, we're in a world where, you, and even at that time, that was a, that's a world where you got to have a college degree. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't recommend doing the route I did. <laughs> um, you know, I guess for me, it was, uh, I got the job at Coca-Cola and they, they, it was, um, Kevin Strammel was my boss and it's funny now he is my salesman, my food salesman. So it's kind of come full circle here, but, uh, they were looking for their first merchandiser. So I went from being in management with Gibson's to bottom of the totem pole with Coca-Cola. But, uh, and then within nine months I was a salesman, but it, for me, it was just, you know, if you, uh, work hard, you're going to get to where you want to be. And, uh, yeah, it's so work ethic. Yeah. Oh, that, without a doubt. And that you, and you've mentioned it came from the farm. Yeah. Without a doubt. Watching your, watching your family work. And, and I, I would agree. It's, it's, uh, it's just having that inner ability to see it, pick it up and do it and, yeah. and, and, and enjoy it. And treating people right. You know, if you say you're going to do something, you do it. And, you know, and, and as a commissioner, you learn, a lot of people don't like a lot of things you do, but you be honest with them and you do the best you can and you just move on. And you, you can't take stuff to heart, even though sometimes it gets a little rough, but uh, yeah, you just got to move on. Not Doug. Everybody loves Doug. I like Doug. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of the constant in the world. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, let me ask you a question, Doug, is how, how important is that being, uh, being liked? Well, it's important to everybody. I mean, we all want to be liked, but, uh, you know, and I, I, when I think of Sean, I think of a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, I've been to lots of commission meetings, <laughs> and I know he struggles mightily with a lot of things they've had to do. Uh, but he's a courageous guy. I mean, he went out in business on his own from a, from a good corporate job. He sits on the city commission. He's been mayor twice and has gone through some really difficult issues with the city and yet has had the courage to, to step up and do that. And, uh, you know, he's running for election again. So he's either a glutton for punishment, <laughs> which he may be, but uh, he, he wants to serve the community. And, and believe me, uh, it's not because of the pay and it's <laughs> not because they beat him up. And as a small business owner, that, that takes a lot of courage to run for city commission as well, because you have some people that are not going to come into your place of business because of things you do on the city commission. And mm. that, that's, that's so wrong, but it's reality. Yeah. But uh, right. uh, I I think a lot of Sean for what he's been willing to give to the community and and uh, for cutting those strings to a to a very secure world in Coca Cola great company mm-hmm. you know very secure and you jump into that realm of the unknown and owning your own business and that's a that's a big step yeah well that leads me to ask you are you a slow learner then maybe, I mean you know you're maybe. jumping <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're you're gonna run again uh, yeah uh, and, and okay so. How does that position or doing that come from everything else you're doing? You know, being a commissioner, I guess it's the customer service part. You know, and, and Doug, you're right. It's dangerous to own a business and be a city commissioner. It's almost beyond dangerous. Um, but, you know, when we were doing roundabouts, I remember, I'll never forget the day, there was a group of ladies, like eight of them, and they were just ribbing me apart on the roundabouts. And I'd heard at the donut shop, you guys are going to do this, you're going to do this. And I actually had a few minutes, so I sat down and talked to them about what I knew and what was going to go on. And at the end of the day, they were like, oh, 
That's not what I heard. <laughs> and and so that's one advantage is I have a building to where people can come in. When I have time, they know I'll sit down and talk to them. And right. there's many times I've get up and we disagree to disagree. And But I'm okay with that because you also, I feel like I learn the most from people that dis- disagree with me. You know, just because I oh. disagree with you doesn't mean that I don't like you. Because I actually, I actually asked my wife, and she thinks I am nuts, that uh, <laughs> I, I purposely try to put myself in those situations where people disagree with me because I, I feel like that's the way I learn. So Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, I do, so we don't uh, forget this, I do want to make a request. Uh, mm-hmm. for the, hey, We need a couple of, uh, you know how you have those tire chain places in the mountains? I'd like a couple pull-offs before the roundabout so I can get my three-point <laughs> three harness, you know, <laughs> tightened down because I, yeah. I like going through those. Uh, uh, I'll see if we get any extra funds. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're, you you mentioned your wife, your family. Yeah. How, how does uh, how does going from the corporate world um, into your own business? How is that? You know, there are a I would say the percentage of people that don't make the leap because that's a big leap. Yeah. To go from what you're doing to doing your own thing. What? Where does that all? How did that conversation all? come about <laughs> it's been a uh, ongoing learning curve for all of us um you know m- my kids went from dad having a job to where you know he was basically off at uh you know three o'clock to where now dad is he'll come home for three eat lunch and uh you know on the, especially on the weekends and be there for a couple hours and leave but one thing that i always said and and i to this day is like i have two kids and one just graduated high school and one's a junior, is I will close the store before I miss my kids' events. And and that's just how I, you know, I'll, I'll uh, employ or I'll have three extra people working so I can go to their game because that's important to me. You know, my, uh, you guys are going to make me emotional because family always gets me emotional. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, my dad worked sun up to sun down, but he never missed a game. And I was no star athlete by any means, but he was always there. You know, you always look for your parent, you know, out there. And, and that's important to me. <laughs> I just always want them to know that no matter what, you know, um, yeah, I'm there for them. That, that, that's pretty cool. Did uh, so? Did you come home from work from Coca Cola one day and say, I'm, "I want to buy my own business"? And did your wife? <laughs> did she? Did she walk out the door? Did she say, "There you go, putting yourself in a ba- in that tough position again"? <laughs> you know, it's funny. We had the conversation um, when uh, uh, Sprungart uh, talked to me. We talked and we went to the bank. And they turned us down. They said, "No, nah, that's too much. You can't afford that." And so we thought, "Okay, it's over." And then we kept negotiating, and she came down on price, went to a different bank, and uh, with a small business group, we were able to get the loan. And, uh, you know, like I said, I wouldn't have done it if my wife wouldn't have been 100% behind me. And when I asked her, um, she's like, you know, I know you want to change. Let's do it. And it's been a – I went from being the one that was kind of the breadwinner to the one that, do I get paid this week? <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's uh, – you know, for me, the pay is, you know, customers coming in the door and stuff. That, that's, that's good enough for me. So leap of faith, Doug. Sometimes you got to make them. Yes, sir. Sometimes you got to make them. And I'm, I'm absolutely sure Sean doesn't make as much money now as he made with Coca-Cola. <laughs> he doesn't have the 401k. No. He doesn't have the company vehicle or what have you. But, right. uh, you know, choose a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. That's right. And uh, so that's that's what you have to believe. And, and uh, that's what's got to be important to you. Have you had anybody come in and talk to you about that leap of faith? I mean, having that courage to leave what you're doing and, and, and make that jump? You know, I've had younger people say that they're interested in doing that. And I, and the biggest thing that I wish we would have had is more money in the bank before, you know, it, mm-hmm. it was tough. I actually, uh, you know, the first 
two years I had to dip into my 401k and that was hard because I don't want to do this till I'm 80 years old. I'm right. not going to do this. Till, I want to, you know, one difference in me and my parents is they worked where they just couldn't go anymore. And, you know, I want to be able to, if I have grandkids or whatever, you know, go see stuff like that. And, you know, my parents were always there for that, but when they could, but you know, I'm, I'll work 24 hours a day, but I want to be able to, you know, see the kids and stuff like that. Is it, uh, um, you know, let's talk about those young people for a second because, um, yeah, I mean, you're not exactly old, so well, thank you. Um, you know, you should talk to my staff. <laughs> they disagree. Oh yeah, well, I, I know how that works. Why did you look at me when you <laughs> said that? <laughs> old, older, young. Thank you. Um, when, when when you you know what kind of advice do you give people out there that come and, and I mean you know a lot of young people don't obviously they're number one they don't have that that corporate uh, gig going on and and that leap of faith is a little easier. Your leap of faith is, that's where it kind of come, came back to that stability question. Right. But where, what kind of advice do you give people out there in that situation? You know, for me, it's, um, you got to be honest with yourself. Do you want to do it? Don't be afraid to work a ton of hours. I would encourage you to do start it before you get married because it is tough. I mean, it's uh, when you have kids and a wife and other things going on and, you know, being involved in church and stuff, it's really tough. But uh, really, you know, uh, I'm one of those guys, and you can, my wife just shakes her head at me. I'm like, that's a good idea. Let's go do it. Sometimes it don't work out, you know, and stuff. But it's one of those type you've got to be willing to put the time in. And, and some people want to do something, but they don't want to put the time in. And, and it just, it's hard to make it work, you know, from a bystander. You know, that's interesting because you went from a, <clears throat> a position where time – well, time is always money, mm-hmm. but you went from a position where you were constantly calculating that time and money thing to yep. now you just go to work. Yeah, um, but I am a numbers person, so numbers drive me. And that was the hardest thing from Coca-Cola. Every day I'd go into work and look at efficiencies, whether it was loading pallets, whatever, efficiency, and what do we got to do to be better? Well, now I had to find my own numbers. I had to find how to do it. And after four years, I've kind of figured out, oh, yeah, this is what we did yesterday and, you know, with different computer systems. So starting your own business, you start from scratch and move on. You know, but you one thing I always tell people is there's many other bar owners or business owners that I know that said, hey, Sean, don't do this, don't do this. Some of them I agreed with, some I didn't. You take it all together and you just kind of make it your own. But it, you got to let other people help you if they're willing to help. You know, I was in the restaurant business twice and then the bar business. And that what I learned was just give more potatoes. <laughs> just just, just add more fries on that plate. <laughs> That's the really the one thing I took away. <laughs> well, unfortunately, in my business, we don't have fries. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get potatoes, yeah. buddy. It was a healthy place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I struggle with that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why I had a stroke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I got to get a lot of there. reasons, but that might be one. <laughs> um, now, now let's uh, take a let's switch gears for a second. Go back to the city commission thing and mm-hmm. helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, there, there's a lot of things I, I really would love to do in my life, and I, every time I think of something like that, I just don't know that I have the courage to do it because I'm telling you that's a that is stepping into you're you're standing on an eight lane highway and there's cars going every direction. Yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, for me, the hardest part is when my wife, we come home, like, did you see everybody looking at us when we were at Applebee's? Did you see that? <laughs> and it, that really bothers her. It doesn't really bother me because I'm like, what? This is who I am, you know? And, and, and they know if they ask a question, I'm going to answer it. 
And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, there's no, Toby Doherty always gives me a hard time. My biggest fallacy as a commissioner is I try to make everybody happy because you can't and stuff, but I'm going to try, I'm going to do my best. And, uh, you know, the one thing I think that really has driven me is I've never had an agenda. My, I guess if you call it an agenda is I want to make Hayes better. What you think Hayes is better and how he thinks it could be different, but I want to do everything I can to make Hayes better, grow Hayes. We cannot, we cannot just stand still. You know, I grew up in a community. I love my hometown of Goodland. It's an area, but they were very stagnant back in the day. And now it's hard to get people to go there. And if you lose them, they're not coming back. And uh, I just, we're in a prime area here. I mean, business is coming back after COVID. And I think we need to be just full steam ahead and stuff. And I'll do anything in my power to do that. You know, and a lot of it is listening to people. What do they want? And I think if we get the water, long-term water source up here, and I think we're as close as we've ever been, that's going to be a big game changer. Right. Do you, uh, you know, you talk about that going out um, into public like that Applebee's and your <laughs> wife says everybody's looking at you. I mean, how how – how do you balance that? I mean, again, we go back to there's a lot of people out there that are wanting to take that leap and maybe their spouse is, is mm-hmm. not in that world yet. And they're just like, it just, it bugs them, you know, or how, how do you, how do you manage that? I don't, you know, <laughs> it's really got to be deep down. If you don't want to do it, you shouldn't do it. You know, and I, this would be my third term and, and we, I talked to all the family and all the kids, yeah, you know, the boys told me, hey, dad, we're going to be moving out of the house anyway, who cares? <laughs> and, and, and my, my daughter, she's all, that's all she's known to me as a commissioner. So she, and she, yeah, dad, you got to go. And mom's like, oh, I don't know. You know? <laughs> and my thing is nothing can be as bad as, I mean, how could it be worse than last year? There's no way it could be oh. as bad as last be year. Careful what you say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Knock on wood here. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I just, uh, there's so many good things going for the Hayes, but there's always things that we can do more of. And I, I like to be part of that, but I don't want to be on here for 30 years. That's if I get elected, I'm not, you know, and this may hurt me saying this, but I'm not afraid to say it. This will be my last term. Right. And because right. I just, I, I put in my time and uh, there hopefully, and we have some good young people running. I think we have some good young people that get on the commission that uh, we all have different opinions, but after what I've seen last year, we can all come together to make, I think good decisions for a community. I, I was pretty proud of the commission. How how did those how did those decisions? Uh, yeah, because you've had to make some tough decisions over the last. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually called you and congratulated yeah. you one day because <laughs> I tell you what, I, that it wasn't even the decision yeah. that you made. It mm-hmm. was just the fact that yeah. you made the decision. Yeah. How, how does that how does that play? I mean. You know, and, and I was thought of this on the way down here, Chris. I remember that phone call, and I remember when you said, you know, who was on the phone. I thought, oh, I'm going to get my butt chewed. Down. I mean, because <laughs> you just never know. Right. And uh, for me, making the tough decisions last year, people that I didn't even know would call me at the store, email me or text me and say, hey, don't agree with the decision, but I appreciate you making a decision. And I think that's how most people are. You know, everybody knows it's a tough decision, but just make a decision, let's move forward and stuff. And I, I guess that's why I go with it is, we didn't really have an, in my opinion, didn't have an option to do nothing. And I always look at my community first, and I thought it was the best decision for the community to keep us healthy. And you look at the numbers, how our community's coming back. I think a lot of us did a lot of things right. And I, when I say a lot of us, our community did a lot of things right. You know, that, that statement you just made, uh, you don't have the option to do nothing. Mm, no. I mean that that is that is extru- that's true in everything. Oh yeah, because the setting's stagnant, mm-hmm. not having that opportunity to move forward. Um, so so I'll ask you this final question. Um, you look back twenty twenty five years ago, whenever you're out there sloughing around on the farm, 
give that guy some advice? <laughs> oh, man. You know, just enjoy life. Enjoy life. You know, I, I work hard. I put a lot of hours city commission, Paisley Pair, but I also play hard. You know, we, we do stuff with friends, and we go, you know, go out of town, and you've got to, it, as you said earlier, it's got to be a balance. But if you're going to do it, give it all you got, and don't look back, you know, and stuff. And there, you know, I, I know I told Doug, and I said at a commission meeting, there were times last year that I literally almost turned around in my car and said, I'm not going to do this. I'm done. <laughs> but I'm not a quitter. And, uh, you know, and you just, just give it all you got. And at the end of the day, if you can look people in the eye the next day and say, hey, I did my best, I think you'll be fine. Sean Musil, you're not a quitter. <laughs> Doug you. Williams, the infamous Doug Williams, and, uh, well, the one and only Chris Munch. Thank you for joining us. Thank and, God uh, for that. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you next time.